0: It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program. So just settle back, relax, and enjoy
1: the moment. Welcome back to another special edition of Mic'd Up on Ohm Radio. This is your final daily COVID-19 update for Lowcountry listeners, at least for the foreseeable future. I'm your host, Mika Gadston. Today's date, it's April 24th, it's Friday, and the time of this recording is currently 538 a.m. And before I give you an update on yesterday's weather event here in Charleston, check out these comments from Governor Henry McMaster following a convening of his Accelerate South Carolina task force. Take a listen.
0: How y'all doing?
1: Wasn't this a good group?
0: This is about as talented and dedicated group of people I've seen in one room in a long time. Questions? Shauna. So, um, you mentioned that you talked
2: with the President. Uh, what did he say to you, and what did you take from his comments yesterday to governor, uh, the Governor of Georgia? What
0: that might I mean for something like that? Well, it, it sounded like he disagreed with what the what, uh, Governor of Georgia did, who is is doing what he thinks is best based on the advice and the information that, that he has. Uh, we see it a little differently here, but uh, I, th- I imagine every state is going to see it a little differently. But we're, we're going to get information, advice, guidance from the very talented people that were in this room today, as well as some different groups that are forming in cities and certain professions to figure out the best thing, the details of what we need to do, how to, how to get South Carolina back to work, Strong to regain our competitive advantages that we had when the virus came along, without putting people's lives at risk. So we've got a lot of work, and as you heard from these different types of uh, institutions, that every every one size doesn't doesn't fit all. It's going to take a lot of a lot of thinking, a lot of planning. Of course, we've been getting information from a number of these these people here today all, all along, and we'll continue to do that. Well, I think we're all worried that, it, that whatever anybody does could lead to a, to a spike. We, we're looking to see what the what the other other states, other cities, come up with ideas. That you have a lot of um, advisors, a lot of professional people that are writing articles about what's happened in other countries and what's worked and what hadn't worked. So, we, as you heard here today, everyone is concerned. That everyone wants to get back to work. But nobody wants to have anybody else get sick. We have to be very careful. And so uh, that's what we are going to attempt to do step by step, probably be little steps. We're not going to rush into it. We're not going to move until we have good reason to move based on the the science, the data, and all the information and the brain power that we can put together, as you saw in this room today.
1: I want to paint a picture for you all who are currently using the theater of the mind. Um, the governor made these comments following the convening of the South, of the Accelerate South Carolina Task Force. In, they're in Columbia. Um, he's somewhat self-assured um, in his demeanor, uh, sports jacket, no tie, uh, pocket square. And um, yeah, I, I feel as if the governor is confident in his plans. I think too, if you heard uh, early on, uh, a member of the press asked him about Georgia and the backlash that Governor Kemp of Georgia has received, uh, given how aggressive they're being uh, in, op- in reopening um, non-essential businesses in the state, to our in, in our neighboring state, rather. Um, so I, I feel as if our governor is a little bit more self-assured, a little more confident and it it was evident you know he's standing in front of a step and repeat with the branding uh, for the task force behind him accelerate sc is complete with branding and and all that so um but but here's some reporting from uh wsav news 3 and nbc news affiliate check out their reporting on this task force convening they break it down and uh while the governor stressed the importance of the economic recovery I I do believe that the uh, task force is intended to cover four specific areas, but but take a listen to this reporting.
2: Almost half of the state's hotels have closed and revenue from international visitors has decreased by 90% because of the coronavirus. Now accelerate South Carolina, a team assembled by the governor will share proposals to get South Carolinians back to work.
0: I don't know we've ever had anything quite like this.
2: South Carolina's economy has been hit hard by the coronavirus pandemic. The tourism industry has seen a 50% decrease in revenue, and more than 300,000 people have filed for unemployment.
0: We were at 3% unemployment. These employees are valuable to all our companies. We would like them all to come back as the economy comes back, but we have been hurt in some areas very dramatically.
2: Accelerate South Carolina, a group of more than two dozen business owners, educators, and health professionals met for the first time Thursday to work on one goal getting South Carolinians back to work safely
3: in regard to um, hotel occupancy
0: down dramatically um, running anywhere from 20 to 25 percent in hotels obviously that is not sustainable over a length or extended period of time
2: each industry expressed its challenges for the hospitality industry it's defining the new normal for dine-in restaurants and entertainment venues for the manufacturing industry it's preventing an outbreak in a plant
0: I don't know how 4,000 people can walk into a BMW plant and be tested in front of a shift. So we have to think of ways that this is going to work because it's not as easy to pull off as you might think. And then the question is how often do you test?
2: Issues Accelerate South Carolina will discuss and develop recommendations for the governor as he continues to reopen the state.
0: We want to do the best we can in this forum for advice and guidance to keep us GOING TO KEEP US ALERT AND TO TAKE US BACK TO WHERE WE WERE BEFORE THIS CAME AND BEYOND.
2: ACCELERATE SOUTH CAROLINA IS DIVIDED INTO FOUR SUBGROUPS, RESPONSE, PROTECTION, GOVERNANCE AND RESOURCES. THOSE GROUPS WILL MEET INDEPENDENTLY STARTING NEXT WEEK. IN COLUMBIA, Georgey GODFREY.
1: Uh, JUST TO EMPHASIZE A POINT IN George Reeves, uh REPORTING FOR WSAV NEWS 3, uh, she says that the task force was crafted in a way to focus on four primary areas response protection governance and resources a lot of the reporting that i combed over focused more on the economic recovery and in fact we heard the governor in that previous clip uh that he wants south carolina to regain its economic advantage uh, so this is i believe the priorities are set in a way to help the state recover economically, and of course that makes sense. I understand that. However, um, I I feel as if uh, there needs to be more emphasis placed on the health and wellness and health and well being of those a uh, those here who work, live. And travel here. Um, there needs to be more, more health, more emphasis on, on, on keeping folks healthy and and safe. But I'm sure that was mentioned during the convening. I'm I'm sure it was, it just did not make it to at least the news that I, um, found. So, um, I, I would be interested to hear more about what safety, um, what safety or health, um, safeguards are put in place to help folks feel more confident about even going to a hotel. Um, you know that 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 in in and of itself doesn't present as the most most safe option right now. So um, hopefully those industry leaders that were engaged to participate in the task force have um, more language or more messaging around that safety piece, um, and more in other economic news. Uh, our Congressman Joe Cunningham uh, he took to the uh, the floor of Congress yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the recently um, approved uh, stimulus package. Take a listen to this clip.
3: Thank you. Today, I will vote to extend a lifeline to small businesses, shore up our hospitals, and expand testing so we can reopen our economy. But it's unacceptable that it's taken this long. Supporting hospitals and small businesses is not partisan, but again, politics is obstructing policy. This bill fails to ensure relief goes only to small businesses that need it most instead of large corporations. Nor does it help states respond to this unprecedented crisis. We cannot wait until the next disaster forces both sides to the table. Our constituents deserve more from their representatives. Let's come together and get our country back to work.
1: There you have it. Uh, you hear Congressman Cunningham full of life, them and vigor. Sounds like he's made a, a almost a full recovery from COVID nineteen. So that's great to see. He was very energetic, very vocal, uh, and yeah, he's making that message loud and clear. The message of Main Street businesses, as opposed to major corporations receiving funds. He wants to make sure that smaller businesses and hospitals receive um, receive the funds they need to recover from COVID-19. And we've seen it widely reported. Uh, corporations like Ruth Chris took, uh, you know, Ruth Chris, I believe, took about $20 million in recovery funds. Um, and thankfully, they gave it back after public pressure and other, other corporations also gave theirs back before they even got to that, before it even got to that point. Um, It's a cool PR move, um, but I'm glad they did it nonetheless. So um, it's great to hear um, a congressman from South Carolina lobby on behalf of the mom and pops here back home. And as I uh, included in a previous update uh, from, from PBS NewsHour, uh, there, certain funds are, have been earmarked for hospitals, for smaller businesses and so on and so forth. So just check out, um, previous episodes if you want to get caught up on what was in the specific, uh, stimulus package, but it's in, it's in previous up, uploads, um, of the show. Uh, yeah. So then that video was courtesy of C-SPAN, by the way. Um, now let me pivot to the the news that took up most of my, uh, evening yesterday that dominated my, my, viewership in terms of uh, local news. And I was on Twitter, I was following the National Weather Service. I want to read from uh, a story that was published in today's Post and Courier. It's uh, authored by Fleming Smith and Gregory Yee. The headline reads, Storm hits Charleston area with heavy rain. Yeah, yesterday, I'm I'm on Wadner Law, right? So uh, typically, we don't really have, we have ponding, we have significant ponding in certain areas. uh, But but we dip- typically don't get any like flooding that closes the island down. And that pretty much was consistent. However, we did have a huge fire that broke out here on Wadmalaw. And so my, my thoughts are with that family uh, that, that experienced that fire, and I'm only bringing it up because it complicated things in terms of the commute home for so many folks who live in this area, who perhaps were either, were either even um, going to and from Johns Island and or returning from Johns Island, try- trying to get back onto Wadmalaw. And the road was closed for at least a couple of hours. I had family members stuck in that traffic for a couple of hours, so it was it was brutal. And on top of that, the rain was just so heavy. So as I'm looking out my window, I'm, I'm seeing all of this ponding. And remind just to remind you all, we had significant rain. Um, take you know a significant rain and weather events take place earlier this week and last week with the tornadoes. Um, but here's the story from uh, Fleming Smith and Gregory Yi. I'll just read a portion of the story. Uh, a storm system that caused at least seven deaths elsewhere in the South slammed the South Carolina low country with heavy rain and flooding Thursday night. Between four and four and a half inches of rain fell in downtown Charleston over two hours, said Jonathan Lamb, a meteorologist at the National Weather Service's Charleston area office. Mount Pleasant saw similar conditions with one gauge reporting 5.13 inches of rain. A gauge on James Island near Camp Road collected 5.49 inches. At Waterfront Park at the tip of the Charleston Peninsula, a weather gauge collected 3.19 inches of rain, beating the previous record of 2. 0.22 inches set in 2018 said the meteorologist so just give you a scope uh, or give you an idea as to what the rain looked like in the area on the peninsula Mount Pleasant James Island it was and then uh, here in Johns Island in Wadmalaw just huge amounts of rain. So I don't know what streets may or may not be open as you make your way out today, Friday. Um, Likely you'll be listening to this show either at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. Either way, the rain or the subsequent flooding has uh, interrupted your flow in some way, shape or form throughout the day. But it looks like we have a favorable forecast, at least for the next two days for today and uh, tomorrow. So hopefully things will dry out a little bit. But here's uh, a little bit from Live 5 News uh, here's coverage that you know that they can tell it to you a little bit better than I can so here you go Here's live five
3: Our Paula Tristan Arruda is there now where many of the roads are still blocked off because they're impassable Paula, what are you seeing in your area rough. I gotta tell you finding a safe and dry place to park has been a little bit tough here in downtown Charleston. Some of the roads still remain impassable. Again, some of it has dried up now, but again, some of these roads are definitely impassable. I was here all throughout the afternoon and late into the evening where we've seen pretty much all of the same. Some people are choosing to kind of brave through this, but it's definitely not recommended. There are some road closures that are still in place in a variety of areas. Part of Calhoun Street near Rutledge Avenue has been closed off. The last time I checked, I tried to get onto the crosstown earlier and that was blocked off as well. It's dangerous because there are places that are where the water is deeper than it looks. In some areas it was ankle deep in others. It was literally past my knees. I spoke to some people who say they weren't expecting
1: this when they got out of the house today. One man tells me... Shout out to Paula from uh, Live 5 News for that reporting. And that was last night. So again, um, as you're listening to this update, things have probably changed uh, significantly. I did just peep on the Live 5 News website this morning that there was an accident on the Don Holt Bridge. It seems like they probably just got, you're probably going to run into... Some some fender benders and some some ramifications from last night's weather event, um, but hopefully a lot of you um, are still working from home or perhaps you're sheltering in place and you're not as active. Um, so hopefully the commute or just getting around to essential to essential appointments or or things of that nature. Hopefully uh, y- your routine won't be too disruptive, uh, or t- disrupted by the weather. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to give you that last weather event or weather update. Um, yeah. And this is the last COVID-19 update, at least for the time being, as I said yesterday, I'm tremendously grateful for all to all of my colleagues at home, Uh, to Eileen, uh, to Kate Ledbetter, Vicky, James, and Jenna for all of their support uh, as these updates came together and uh, as they organized and planned for me to have my show broadcasted uh, uh, twice a day and three times a day if you count Mic'd Up on Fridays. So shout out to all the home the, the homies at home uh, for their continued support. And I want to say thank you so much to the to those who sent me emails and text messages uh, just this week. I really appreciate all of the, the support, all of the feedback, all of the help. Um, I, I really it, this was a community effort. This was a group lift. This was not something I did on my own. Thank you to uh, MK and Avery uh, and Christian um, for joining me and, and, and contributing to the content by allowing me to interview you all. So um, I had fun. Some of the most challenging and m- most rewarding work I've ever done um, were these updates. And I know it's like, you're like, what are you doing? You're making a big deal of it. It, it was a big deal for me. It was a huge endeavor um, for me personally. So I wanted to just pay tribute Uh, to this, uh, to this moment, to this type of work that I tried to put together. And as always, you can reach out to me um, via email at Tamika, that's T-A-M-I-K-A at com. You can also find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Mika Gadsden. So that's M-I-K-A G-A-D-S-D-E-N and you can find me on Facebook as well Tamika Chantel Gadsden on Facebook so um, until next time until the next regular episode of mic Up, y'all stay happy, stay healthy, stay home shelter in place if you can please continue to take Take precautions as you go out in the world and shop and and go to appointments and take care of your families. Please make sure you're still practicing social distancing, using hand sanitizer, washing your hands, um, not touching your face, wearing masks if you can, if you can get them, uh, wearing gloves if you can, if you can get them. Please, let's continue to like stop the spread of this virus. It's still in effect. No matter what restrictions are eased, we're still dealing with COVID-19. And remember, the most marginalized and the most vulnerable members of our population, keep them in mind as you go about your day. So even if you feel as if, You might not be at risk. Remember the elderly. Remember the older folks. Remember those with compromised immune systems. Um, Remember, uh, you know, African-Americans and other marginalized communities who are at risk and vulnerable as you go about your daily routines. All right. So y'all stay happy and healthy. And so my Gullah Geechee folk out there, y'all stay black.